And then the water business, you know, what we do for a living here um, is quite frankly, we change people's lives all over the world. I mean, you can't have economic development. You can't move forward from a third world to a, to a prime country without good, clean drinking water and or um, wastewater. And, and they're both connected um, because bad wastewater gives disease, uh, bad drinking water gives disease. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, especially when people start talking about reuse, um, there's not a lot of difference between drinking water and wastewater, and uh, they're, they're all interconnected. Passion goes without saying that if you don't have the passion, then you just you, you just can't put up with all the stuff that you have to put up with. Um, when you go to put a company together, you know, I always look at it as that, well, okay, my job was the conductor of the band. I was the band leader. And you have to have good people to make things happen. Welcome to What Are We Talking About, a podcast produced by Water Online. Hosts Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo, will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. Well, today's guest we're really excited to have. We have Bob Wimmer. Bob is now a consultant, a management consultant, and he's been in the water industry uh, quite a long time. Uh, former uh, president and CEO of Aquarobics, along with other companies. I got to know Bob uh, through a couple of people. Uh, Austin Myerman suggested we have Bob on our show. And uh, Bob, I know you through Bill Decker and anybody that uh, has high regard for that Bill Decker has high regard for is always uh, a high in my book. So uh, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. Well, thanks. Greetings from uh, beautiful sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, and we're the uh, low temperature today will probably be about 107. So, yes. Yeah, so All right. Hot stuff. Love anyway, that. thanks for having me. Of course. And Bob, thanks again for joining. Um, I have known Aqua for many years, but was not familiar with you at the time because you're sort of on your next evolution of whatever your career looks like. And actually, that's kind of where I want to start today. You've had a, a storied career in the water and wastewater industry. And now you sort of have this, this opportunity to, in some sense, reinvent yourself and you're on your sort of next evolution. So tell us a bit about how you're thinking about communicating what you're up to next to the market and your interest in being on podcasts? Well, that's kind of interesting. You know, my, my life really was being the CEO of Aqua. And, uh, you know, we took a, like I always tell, we took a, a good company and turned it into a great one. And we, we always talk about that to our, to our people. Uh, for me, uh, you know, we talked before, we'll probably get into our five P's, but one of the things that's happened since I retired is that I've, I've sort of, I've never lost my passion, but I've sort of lost my purpose. And uh, to do that, um, I then started getting involved with, uh, like, for instance, I'm on the board of, of BCR down in Jacksonville, and that really got my my juices flowing. And um, uh, I said, well, there's there's a lot more that I can give back to this business. And and probably help me live a lot longer at the same time. So anyway, that's that's how I'm that's where I am at the moment. 
Great, great. So you mentioned the, the five P's and we really, uh, you know, when we had our prep call, uh, we really were intrigued about how you looked at that. Why don't you tell us about those five P's and how they relate to building a great company? Okay. Well, to me, I, I'm an engineer, and but I'm not as technical as, as a lot of people want to be in this business. I think um, as we started to talk before we got recording is that, that this business is, 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 is about fundamentals and how you how you move forward. Um, so I try to come up with something that I could relate or my our employees could relate to on why we do what we do and why we need to be successful. And they are what I call the five P's. And the five P's are purpose, passion, people, products, and profit. And a lot of times when you start talking about that, you know, and you mentioned the reason I put profit at the end is that because Sometimes profit is a dirty word, but you can't you can't have a good business unless you have profit because you have to reinvest yourself, reinvest in your business, and and move forward. Um, I think that when people go to work or work for a company or start a company, um, one of the things that you have to think about is why you do what you do. If you do it simply because I want to make a lot of money, um, I don't think at the end of the day that drives you. I think you can make a lot of money. But you have to have the five P's if you started to go back at it. And and purpose is, um, you know, passion goes without saying. Most entrepreneurial people have passion. But purpose is something that, that you need to do something good for mankind, if you will. And then the water business, you know, what we do for a living here um, is, quite frankly, we change people's lives all over the world. I mean, you can't have economic development. You can't move forward from a third world to a to a prime country without good, clean drinking water and or um, wastewater. And and they're both connected um, because bad wastewater gives disease. Uh, bad drinking water gives disease. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, especially when people start talking about reuse, um, there's not a lot of difference between drinking water and wastewater, and uh, they're, they're all interconnected. Passion goes without saying that if you don't have the passion, then you just you, you just can't put up with all the stuff that you have to put up with. Um, when you go to put a company together, you know, I always look at it as that, well, okay, my job was the conductor of the band. I was the band leader. And you have to have good people to make things happen. Um, the CEOs that get in trouble think that they can carry everything on their shoulders. And, and that doesn't happen. It, it, you just don't have the capacity to make that happen. Um, then you can reinvest if you don't have the products or the ideas to get into the business and make something, you know, a little bit different, then um, you can't, you can't move forward either. And at the end of the day, if you don't have the profit, you can't reinvest it back into your business and you know, you're, you're a failure. So that's why I kind of center around the five five P's because I think they're fundamentally easy for everybody to understand, um, but not necessarily so easy to execute, if you will. Bob, I'm really curious to to get your take on someone who's out in the field that's driving around getting a ton of windshield time and they're selling equipment into industrial plants and municipal plants, wherever that may be. And maybe they're feeling like they've lost that sense of purpose. I'm just here to schlep my technology. 
And assuming you're a leader in that business, how do you reinvigorate that sense of purpose? What types of messaging are you using? How are you communicating to your team to get them excited? All right. I, I'm an old sales guy. And I think anybody who's in this industry or anybody's in any industry um, has to have a little bit of a sales base or sales knowledge. So my my point is that my job at Aqua or at Thames Water or wherever it was I was to was to instill into that guy or that gal um, that quite frankly, what you do really makes makes a difference in the success or failure of our business. And I think it's up to the individual the individual leader to drive that point home. So the product I'm selling is not necessarily, you know, cloth media filtration. I'm selling the concept of the company is good and you make a difference in people's lives. And I and I think if you can make people make that connection, um, I think quite frankly, um, you know, things become becomes a lot things become a lot easier. At the end of the day, not everybody believes that. I mean, so they'll look at you and say, you know, this is BS. And then, then you start to go back into the five P's again. Say, well, maybe this—they're not the right people. They're not the right people to carry on what you need to carry on. And so that's a, that's a you know kind of a fine tune. Um, the other thing is, I think you have to have a set of core values in your company. And if you have a set of core values and you believe it and you preach it, and it starts with me or it starts with the head guy. If you don't believe it, everybody knows it. Okay. Um, and and I think you have to continue with that message over and over and over at Nauseam. So not only did we have the five Ps, but we had our core values, and then we had a mission. Okay, the mission was take a good company and make it into a great one. And everybody says, well, you know, your mission statement. You know, if you were a GE guy, sorry, if your mission was a, <laughs> if your mission, if your mission. Um, you know, needs to be 12 pages, your people can't understand it. They got to be able to bite it. Okay. They have to be able to feel it. And at the end of the day, you know, we, we came up with one and that's making a good company into a great one. And everybody can buy into that because it means something different every day. Yeah. One of the things that we, we really were intrigued by Bob, and obviously, you know, as the CEO, you felt you were the chief storyteller, right? And not only internally, to the people and the audience, the customers that were buying the products or services. It was also how you were telling the story to the community. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. It's, I, I, you know, it's an interesting concept. When you're going having, let's say, a beer with your neighbor on the backyard and you live in a town, let's say like Rockford, Illinois, where you had several major corporations and um, quite frankly, you could say this about when I was at Ashbrook and you were in Houston. Or yeah, you can you could say it when I was in Pittsburgh with Zealy and Zealy. You could say it all over. When you're sitting out in the backyard uh, as a as a company guy, you sit there and you say, "Well, what 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 do you do?" So at, let's take Aqua for instance. Um, we had Sunstrand, we had Woodward Governor, and they're all huge companies. Um, and so if you said, "Well, I was from Aquarobic Systems," they say, "Oh, you teach." You teach aqua, you know, you teach aerobics, water aerobics in the in the local gym or the Y. <laughs> and and if people don't understand what you do, you can't make that connection. So one of the things that we went out of our way to do was make people aware of what it is we did. And that goes back into the passion and purpose of what we did. And so, you know, that makes it a hell of a lot easier to have that second beer with somebody when you can have that conversation. Some people, Bob, are going to are going to say, you know, I I can't seem to manage getting budget 
to better tell my story as a salesperson, or it's too expensive to go out and run these these crazy campaigns or have a giant $100,000 booth at WefTech like the GEs can't afford, et cetera. What's your response to those people? How do you how do you encourage them to tell that story in ways that you know don't require a seven figure budget or even a six figure budget? Well, there's no question that budget helps. Okay, as you start to look at it, but I think people get tied up in being products product oriented. I believe really really is that you have to understand what it is you do with that product. And at Aqua, we. You know, fundamentally, we changed our business from being a product business, you know, a hardware company to being an applied engineering business. And if you can if you have applied, if you have a good applied engineering and process, um, you don't have to worry about the big budget because the budget comes to find you. And uh, I think I just think that that's one of the main purposes that you have to do um, when you're playing in this business. You have to find a way to differentiate yourself from one guy or the next. And when that happens, I mean, life life becomes a hell of a lot easier. I mean, we're going to go back into again. Now you understand to me from me what my significance is about the five P's. It's all tied into that. Okay, it's 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 process, you know. And uh, and I can give you I can give you a lot of examples of that. Um, when we were at Aqua, one of the things we were up against some of the big boys at that time, you know, against U.S. Filter and everybody else that was trying to play that game. Uh, small company, General Electric, or wherever. The fact is, the fact is that I, we wanted to build an R and D plant. Well, to put a wastewater treatment plant on your own facilities, you guys have all been in this business. It costs a lot of paperwork, a lot of time and effort, a lot of work with consulting engineers. So it's almost cost prohibitive. I'm getting back to your point about big budget. So we came up with an idea of of selling the city of Rockford, Rockford Reclamation. Um, allowing us to build an R&D plant on their property. And for that, we said, well, we'll give you first access. We'll give you first access to the technologies that we come up with. And, um, you know, it sounds simple, but it's not that simple. The other thing that happens is that you don't need to show yourself. At, I mean, I, I think going to WebTech is a great thing. And, I, you know, being, being an old old timer, is, it's great because it's a it's a good old boys club. Um, but the fact, at the end of the day, when I bring a customer, we would bring a customer to Aqua and we would take him over to a, an operating wastewater treatment plant and show him how a cloth media filter fits into that or how a SBR fits into that. Or quite frankly, even a floating aerator, how it fits into that. Um, you know, you, you've changed the whole perspective of how you do what you do. You have to be willing to think out of the box. That's all I can tell you. And, and so, yes, you need budget. Yes, you need. But going back to the more profit you can generate by going through that thought process, the more budget you have. And that's why you need the profit. And that's why it's not a dirty word. You're listening to the Water We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals. Showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders, Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. 
One of the things, Bob, that uh, you did uh, throughout your career was be very involved in the uh, trade organizations mm-hmm. that are involved in our, our business. And it seems like not only you as the chief storyteller, but also encouraging your people to be involved. Can you tell us a little bit about that and your strategy around that? Oh, sure. I, again, it goes back to, Adam, it goes back to your question about about budget again. All right. Um, it. You have to preach the gospel. There's a lot of different ways to preach the gospel, okay? Um, and interesting is, the good news is sometimes the industry moves with the speed of a glacier. The bad news is sometimes it moves with the speed of a glacier. And in fact, <laughs> if you if if you don't get involved with WEMA or you don't get involved with, with WEF or delivering papers or whatever, because all those guys are also looking for people to to fill up their space in their meetings, okay? And I don't mean to be that facetiously, but there's plenty of opportunity to do that. And the audience that you reach is far greater than back to the comment about the windshield time guy. Because the windshield time guy is a micro deal. They dealing with WEMA or dealing with WEF or dealing with whomever, reuse association, um, quite frankly, is is macro time because your audience is, is completely expanded from that. So um, a, a lot of people, when they go back to think about cutting budgets, they say, well, I can't afford to be a WEMA guy. I can't afford, you can't afford not to be. Because if you pick up one morsel or, or one, you know, one, one piece out of, out of that interchange, I mean, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Because the real action of those places, sure, there's a formal presentation, but the real action comes after hours when you're bending an elbow, if you will, to and, and start to get into talking to people about what it is they do, what it is you do, and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if that's, maybe I'm too exuberant about that, but I, I just, I, I don't think you can, I, by the way, I do have passion. Um, <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. And I, can, and I can expand on that a little bit, Bob, because um, based on your involvement with Weimar, you've got, you had Bill Decker, who was, is a big proponent, who got me involved in Weimar. So, I mean, it, it followed, it flowed through. So, I mean, it, it's, it's exactly what you would uh, just uh, present it. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you market when you're in a business. And that's, I mean, this is not only you know, peculiar to this segment, to the water space, but it's to any space, okay? Um, the the real stuff is what happens outside of the, the belly-to-belly, the one-on-one type guy. I mean, it, it, your reputation as a company is enhanced by the involvement that you have in some of these operations. And so when you get involved in them, you know, the, at the end of the day, um, you know, you're doing a hell of a lot. So you can't afford not to be involved in that. I mean, that's um, that's my opinion. But it's it's a good one. And I want to remind the listeners, we are not sponsored yet by WEF or WEMA. But if you're interested, <laughs> we got a sales guy here named Bob. He'll be happy to help. It's it's a good I love it. It's good. Um, and I agree. I think that those that those the trade shows, the conferences and I'm actually curious, Bob, it, Anything on the on like the rural water side or the local side that you found to be successful in getting your message out? I, I didn't I didn't do a lot of work in rural water because you know our job at Aqua and I was there from from 1998 to January 
2017 or actually 1231 2016 was my last check okay and um well not not quite because metawater was still paying because they bought us but 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 that we were we were focused at what we were doing and our products were more um more large municipality oriented, you know, I mean, the closest we would come in was, is if you did some work down in Texas and some of the mud districts where they, you know, they were, they were a little bit more confined, but, but in general, we didn't do that because we didn't necessarily have an offering. That's not to say that we shouldn't have had an offering, but at the end of the day, growing a business is about focus. And if you have too many dangling participles, you can't, you can't, you can't find your way. And, you know, so I, I, you know, at the end of the day, we did not have a lot of action in the rural water business. Um, but I tell you what, if I was d- digging wells or I was doing something, you know, chlorinators for wells or something like that, you know, you can bet your life we would have. So, yeah, it's obvious, Bob, you still have a lot of passion for the water industry. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do and how you're channeling that uh, enthusiasm, that passion? Um I'm playing a lot of golf. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Now, I, I I got involved with uh, I, one of the things I wanted to do was I, I I didn't I didn't necessarily want to go back and work full time, but but I wanted to stay involved because, quite frankly, you can only play golf so much. OK. And uh, I got involved with XBB and I've done some consulting work for them. And one of the things that happened is that. Um, I ran into John Colburn and he asked me if I would be willing or interested in, in working with with BCR down in Jacksonville. And uh, Josh, if you're going to listen to this, here's your plug for you. But the the fact of the matter is that I view BCR as another type of aqua, okay? Because they have wonderful technologies. They just haven't been able to bring it out to the marketplace. And if you go back to what I talked about with regard to how we took aqua from where it was, I'm I'm trying to help do that. Unfortunately, I'm just on the board, so I, I don't have as much much stick to be able to do it as, as you can. But that's the message I preach. Um, uh, the, the businesses I've been involved with have been, you know, usually pretty successful. Um, aqua is an interesting story because, you know, I ran Ashbrook and Ashbrook was a, you know, was was a, you know a, a leader in a, in dewatering business and their name was well known. Uh, you know, I worked for uh, Leopold and Leopold's the same thing. They were a, they were a stalwart in the water business, so their name was easy. So you know, it was it was kind of easy. It was it was a different kind of a sell. The thing that made Leopold really successful, and quite frankly, the thing that made Ashbrook successful was their involvement in technology. You're going to hear this. This is a ad nauseum theme for me. Okay, because. Good technology is what separates the good guys from the bad guys. And so when I look for other businesses to get involved with, I look for, do they have the technology to make some breakthrough? And does that, is that, are you able to differentiate yourself through that? Because if you're in that, you don't, you know, I'm not saying good companies don't gouge anybody from a price perspective, but you ought to be able to get paid for the technology you bring for the table, because it's it's a return on investment to the municipality or whomever you're working with, and and I put BCR in that category. So how do I channel my business? I I make Josh Scott, who's a good CEO down there, I make him nuts because I talk about this all the time to him, and uh, uh, you know it's it's just it takes time, it takes time. 
And that brings me back to Aqua. Aqua, Aqua was well known. It was a, it was a leader in an antique um, technology called floating aerators. And, you know, you know, Sanitaire and those guys are starting to put them out of business because there weren't too many floater, floating aerators. And, and so we changed them into an applied engineering business with cloth media filter and, you know, SBRs and, and how you put that all together. And uh, I think that's, that's the key to success. And that's how I, that, you know, thank you to, to XPV for allowing me to work with, with uh, BCR because it, it's, it, that's how I've channeled my, my, my guts. All right, Bob, we are rapidly approaching the end of the podcast and we have one yeah. final question for you. Yes. One final if question. I, if I hung a banner at the end of my plane, Man, he did his, damn it. He did his <laughs> diligence. Most people don't. We're trying to throw you for a loop here. But you hey. get it. So we got the plane. Maybe we'll stop at Augusta, swing some sticks. <laughs> and then we'll trail this banner all over the world and tell every water professional whatever it is that you want to say. The floor is yours. I say, in today's world, the importance of water is more important than it's ever been before. I think, especially if you live out here in the Southwest. Um, and I think that I go back again around the five P's. It's got to be a big banner, okay? If I go back around the five P's, the answer is that you have purpose. If you don't have passion, you don't belong in a game. But if you have purpose, that's what I would put on that banner. The purpose of what we bring to the table, the purpose of what we do to mankind. And I know that sounds like I, I should be a Franciscan preacher or something like that, but 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 that's, that's the name of the game. It's any large entrepreneur, and I don't care where the guy that started, you know, whether it's Jobs or any of these guys, quite frankly, they, they didn't necessarily come in out of, out of MIT or, or Caltech or, or Stanford or wherever they come from to say that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a lot of money doing this. Okay. You know, they might've had it in the back, but at the end of the day, they said, I have something to bring to make life better. And if you can solve that equation, Money comes with it. That's it for me. Thanks, Bob. Well, we really enjoyed having you, and I'm sure that the Water Online audience is going to um, really get a lot from uh, this interview. So thanks again. Thank you.